Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me, the greatest, most bestest, tallest libertarian who is the most caring and wonderful person (laughs) that I've ever met in my entire life, Mm. honestly. Okay, here's Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going, man? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. A little uh it's humbling it's a it's a friday pick you up yeah because i'm about to leave for the weekend i know you're gonna miss me over the next few <laughs> days and i just want to leave you with something nice yeah during that time yeah, exactly i'm yeah. really upset so the people that are watching live with us they can see and maybe if i do put this on youtube you'll see charlie's camera is so much better than mine and it's really bothering me mm. at the moment mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. his natural camera setting just looks really good and well. mine not What's wrong? What's up with that? At least you have a, a nice looking hat. We're, I do have a nice looking hat. We're in a new studio. Okay. We're not all the way there yet. You might hear a little bit of an echo. You might notice that the videos look god awful. Uh, basic rule of thumb is get over it. Okay. That's our business, not yours. And we're going to, we're going to get it fixed eventually. Yeah. So those are the rules, especially for dumb bleep of the week. Where we God's light. We have God. And he, he changes it every once in a while. For some reason, he's shiny more on Charlie at the moment. <laughs> Maybe you need it. I'm not yeah, sure. Maybe. It's dumb, it. it's dumb bleep of the week. This is where we talk about the dumbest things that we saw in the news over the last seven days. The live group gets the vote on which one was the dumbest. Charlie! Dumb bleep number one is one that we already talked about earlier in the week. I said we were going to talk about it. It's Mr. Gavin Newsom, who I think could be a robot, potentially. I'm not sure if you've seen him, but he's the most perfect politician by that i mean he's fake but he says the right things to people just uh, like homelander from the boys he is a lot like homelander like him too so he says the ceo of target brian cornell selling out the lgbtq plus community to extremists is a real profile and courage this isn't just a couple stores in the south there's a systemic attack on the gay community happening across the country Wake up, America. Also, why did he switch from the LGBTQ plus community to just the gay community? I don't know. He left out the LBTQ plus. He needs more letters. Yeah. Okay. Wake, wake up, America. This doesn't stop here. You're black. You're Asian. You're Jewish. Jewish. You're a woman. What's a woman? You're next. Mm. So clearly what's happening. Here's the deal. If you're upset about selling rainbow clothing to children, talking about pride and all that. And there were the stories of the tuck swimsuits that people were seeing out there at Target. Of course, if you're upset about that, basically what this leads to is they're going to stop selling black clothing. They're not going to sell Chinese clothing anymore. <laughs> or uh, the, the, the yarmulke section is out. Mm. You're going to lose your right to vote. Not going to have that. Well, that too. Yeah. Of course. Somehow. But I still don't know what this whole woman thing is that he's talking about. So this is all dumb bleep number one. There's another one. I believe this one is a video. I'm going to lump it in because it has to do with the trans conversation. I don't know what the heck is happening, but this is a post from the Nebraska Freedom Coalition. We're oh still in God, dumb bleep number. This. Did you? Yes. What's happening? Toddlers. Crazy Senator 
Michaela, I guess is how you say that, screaming, crying, singing that trans people belong here, resorting to extreme displays as a typical leftist tactic. Let's hear what's going on with crazy Senator Michaela. You said you heard it, Charlie. This is like screaming at the sky. Same here we thing. go. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans. I feel like there's a glitch in her software. <laughs> is what's happening right now. Like pretty soon, her head's just gonna gonna explode. Yeah. What it- people we love trans people. Trans people belong. We need trans people. We love trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. Did she just look we at her notes? Trans she- people. <laughs> trans people belong here. We Is she need directing trans people. We love trans people. We love trans people. Trans she, people watch, she looks at her notes to make sure, like, do I keep going? Up? Yeah, I keep going. Trans people. Trans people belong here. We need trans people. Am I in the right order? We love trans people. You can tell. This girl never had to pick her own switch. And it tells. It shows. Yeah, she's elected, Bailey. That's an elected uh, representative there in the state of Nebraska. In Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Now, what is she upset about? I think she's a state state senator because she's not. Yeah, this no, is, it's got to be a state, state senator. Yeah. Uh, signals are concerned for their well-being. This is from the Nebraska Freedom Coalition once again. Um, opposing irreversible procedures like mutilation, sterilization, and castration on children doesn't signify hate towards trans people. Quite the opposite. It signals our concern for their well-being. We believed. We believe in the right to make life-altering decisions, but only when one reaches adulthood. Yes, once again, this has to do with not being able to change the sex of your children. That's that's the wrong terminology. To, once again, this is not... Uh, once again, she's upset that she can't participate in mutilating children. Imagine. That's what it is. Who thought we were going to be here? Did someone... Was this predicted? Trump versus Clinton in 2016 was like one of the craziest things. Was that the height? Like, I thought that was the bell curve, and we were going to start to, like, trend, you know, back to normalcy. Wrong. No, it can keep going. Wrong. It's just like the Fed. You don't know how much money they can print. You don't know how much further they can kick the can down the road. And the crazy, apparently, can just keep going as well. We don't even need reality TV anymore. No, that's really because what reality this is. Because reality is entertaining enough. Now, uh, how about some predictions? Well, I was asking whether or not we predicted this. What is it, everyone in the live group in five years, that we're going to be like, how the heck did, how are we talking about this? Like, this is bigoted? Being upset, at, being against this? What do you all think it's going to be? Someone give us your your predictions, if anyone has them, five years out, 10 years out, whatever it is, let me know. Okay, those are all dumb bleep number one. Dumb bleep number two comes from POTUS. That's the president. He tweets, Today, America mourns the murder of George Floyd three years later. I'll never forget Gianna's, Gianna Floyd's vor- words. Daddy changed the world. He has unifying people of every race and generation in peace (laughs) and with purpose to say enough. Hate can never have safe harbor in America. (sighs) Now, while I agree that George Floyd shouldn't have died Mm -hmm. at the hands of police officers. Well, you don't like death anyway. Because I'm against death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't don't think people should 
I don't want people to die. Unfortunately, that's a part of life. It happens. It is. But it, someone's that's life shouldn't said anyway. be unwillful, unwillfully taken from them because we believe in a principle called life, that you have a right to life. So someone shouldn't have the opportunity to take that away from you. Um, however, this one point here, that he unified people of every race and generation in peace. Yeah, I don't think that that was the case. He meant mostly peace. Mostly peaceful. <laughs> Would you guys say that since George Floyd's untimely passing, we have been unified every race and generation in peace? I, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say that's the case. Now, I think some people have been unified. I don't think peace is the proper terminology. What has changed? The only thing I see that has changed is that Black Lives Matter raised like $120 million, something like that, and uh, squandered it, as we talked about earlier. Buildings were burned. Stores looted. A lot of neighborhoods got burnt down. Um, I feel like there is more racial tension than there's ever been in my lifetime. I could just be overthinking that. Could just be on Twitter too much. I could be too (laughs) online, as they say. Maybe I'm too online. Well, that's just an easy download number two. At least online, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. So we'll we'll start there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't feel like it's getting better. Well, let's see what dumb leap number three here Although is, when Charlie. I, when I go when I run across people in real life, it it doesn't feel that way. That's true. You know, when I travel, when I go places, I talk to people. I don't have those tensions with folks. Um, but online, it doesn't seem to be getting any better whatsoever. Well, you see, you interacting with people in real life. When you don't feel those tensions, that's just your white privilege that allows you to go mm-hmm. about life and not think about these My things. white fragility, probably. Yeah. yeah. Ilhan Omar, we don't talk about her very much, and she has a lot of dumb submissions. So they're talking about this debt ceiling deal, and listen, they've gone through all sorts of different ways. They're going to talk this up, and then they're going to come to an agreement, and everyone's going to be upset about it, but we're going to keep going. Life goes on. But anyway, she says, surprise, this hostage crisis has never been about deficits for the GOP. It has always been about wealth transfer. Taking away food and health care from the poor and middle class to give away $3 trillion more in tax cuts to their rich friends. I'll say that again. It's not about deficits for the GOP. This is about a wealth transfer, Charlie. Here's the wealth transfer that's happening. The wealth transfer is we are taking things from poor people and we're giving it to rich people by not taking from the rich people. Exactly. Which is transferring wealth from the poor people because you didn't take it from the rich people and give it to the poor Mm. people. And apparently they are the natural owners of whatever that capital is that you're wanting to spread around. It's like if you don't go rob someone's house... Mm then that person's house obviously is transferring wealth <laughs> from the homeless in their community mm-hmm. because the, their house wasn't robbed. That's exactly what mm-hmm. it is. That's right. If you didn't rob someone, that means you gave them money. Great, great job, Ilhan Omar. We're going to stay with number three because we're going to stay on kind of the same topic for, for a moment here. She says, Charlie, go ahead. If we can afford $858 billion in Pentagon spending and $10 trillion... I think I got that right. Mm -hmm. In tax cuts for the wealthy, we can afford to make sure kids don't go hungry or die from lack of health care. Okay. $10 trillion in tax cuts for the wealthy? 
First off, what the hell is she talking about? That's the first question, because I looked around and I couldn't find it. Is that 10 trillion over 10 years? I'm assuming it's over 10 years, I guess. So a trillion dollars. She's saying that, you know what? Here's a weird thing. That's a $10 trillion tax cut for the wealthy. How about, in her mind, we started like 100%. She owns every single bit of everyone's money. And any amount that you decide to not take from anyone is a tax cut that is adding to the deficit. Why is it 10 trillion? It feels to me like that's a 20 or 30 trillion dollar tax cut if you don't just go ahead and take everything. How do you get to the side the 10 trillion number? And Bailey has my point, which is what kids in America are dying from these issues? <laughs> I don't know. What kids actually die from lack of food and healthcare in America? I like there may be sometimes that, you know, obviously people are poor and you can't afford to eat as you would want, but I don't see I haven't seen or read any reports of kids actually dying of starvation in America. I don't think it happens. Well, she said die from lack of health care. So I guess there's kids that don't get the proper health care that they need and die. I mean, I'm sure, like you said, there's poor people who maybe you can't get the best treatment or something. I don't know. Just playing devil's advocate here. But as we talked about in the past, Charlie, no one dies from hunger in the United States. That sounds like a bold statement. No one dies from hunger in the way that people talk about people dying from hunger in the United States. There are people with illnesses who can't eat or who at the end of their life they stop eating, something like that, and technically they can starve to death. But there are not hungry people on the streets who wither away to nothing and die of starvation. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. That happens in the United States. No. Find me the story of the person who died of hunger and there were no there were no opportunities anywhere there was no possible way they could get food at the soup kitchen anything they just died because they couldn't find any food at all and they withered away to nothing and starved to death yeah find me the story of when it happened mm. and parental neglect there's another there are there are some crazy stories that uh, that I've seen while I watch Dateline and I watch Murder mysteries, yeah. basically, all the time. Still number three right now. We're sticking on economics for a second. Robert Reich III says, currently the wealthiest Americans can transfer up to $12.92 million to heirs during their lifetime or at death without paying federal estate taxes. Folks, the tax code has been written in favor of the wealthiest Americans at the expense of the rest of the American people. <clears throat> oh, what a shame. At the expense. Of the American people, meaning the American people are really paying for it. How are they paying for it? Because you got to keep your money or the person who gave you, uh, you know, the the heirs to whatever the uh, $12.92 million, okay, during their lifetime or at death without paying federal estate taxes. If you're able to dispose of your riches, your assets in the way that you want to, well, then that's actually at the expense of everyone else because everyone else, technically, in Robert Reich's mind, they have a claim to ownership of that money because the people own the money first off and you keep whatever they decide you get to keep. Also, you died. So why wouldn't you just, you know, give the money to the society? Yeah, I guess that's true. It should just go back to society. It is, it is the death taxes are the worst taxes. It's like, hey, you died, <clears throat> but we still got this bill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got this bill because you died. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) As if it wasn't bad enough to die. Right. You know? Yeah. It's (laughs) so insane. Number four, a piece from Vanity Fair. Report, 
Ron DeSantis will formally announce his 2024 bid with Elon Musk because apparently David Duke wasn't available. Launching with Twitter owner is certainly a choice. And what's more annoying about this? Are one, they saying trying to say Elon Musk is is like David Duke? Or I don't know which one. You're right. There are two like, possible ways. Okay. There which, there are two possible ways. Yeah. I don't know which one it is, but I let's say that he. Which one is it that Elon would rather have David Duke announce his presidency, or that uh, that. Ron DeSantis would rather announce with David Duke or that Elon Musk and David Duke are basically the same person. Mm. I don't know which way they mean it. They don't explain which way they mean it because the annoying part of this article is that it's three paragraphs long. They talk about the fact that he's announcing on Twitter and then they say something about Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis being racist and then that's the end of the article. They don't ever Mm. explain. It was literally someone came up with a headline and then they posted out the story it went pretty viral because people doing what we're doing right now with this it. This isn't like the Babylon Bee? No, this is Vanity Fair. Mm. So they, this is like a legit publication, not satire. They had it, in my mind, it does sound like a satirical article headline. Mm. And maybe Vanity Fair is a satirical publication. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, number four is well, just... Well, David Duke runs, or did, you know, run the KKK, and Elon Musk, I think, runs the TTT. Yeah, um, Magoo is saying they're saying saying Elon equals Duke. Mm. I don't think they're quite the same thing. I mean, hell, first off, Elon's an African-American. Okay? Yeah. So, this is all number four. We're going to so talk about be? Ron D. Santis. From the root, should black people be afraid? Now that Ron DeSantis plans to announce his presidential bid mm. on Twitter. Charlie, why don't you answer that question first off? Should black people be afraid of this person? The simple answer is no. Of course not. I bet that's what you that's, think. Yeah. Can we read from this? You can't tell when you're listening, but he's winking right yeah. now. No, of course not. Ron DeSantis's governorship, which started in 2019, has featured racist attacks on critical race theory, diversity initiatives, anti-trans legislation, and policies that only made COVID-19 worse. Now he plans on taking his white supremacist rhetoric (laughs) to the national stage by making a 2024 presidential bid for the White House. DeSantis will announce with uh, Twitter CEO and fellow bigot Elon Musk during an online talk. What does this mean for black and brown people in LGBT community? The answer? Can't be good. The GOP is not... Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) They say that what does all this mean for black and brown people? Now, when, he's, when they say, what does all this mean, you would have to refer back to the first paragraph where the person just makes a bunch of stuff up. Mm-hmm. Now, if all of those things were true, like having white supremacist rhetoric, Elon Musk clearly being a bigot and making just blatantly racist attacks on people, well, that Making would... Making COVID-19 worse. If you accept all of those things as the truth because this person said them then they would be correct that it would not be good if that person were going to be the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. I agree on your false premise. I agree. The problem is none of that is true. Yeah, there's the issue. The GOP is unabashedly the party of white supremacy and hate. That's It's actually on their website. It's it's on there. Yeah. Yeah. GOP, we, yeah. They don't are, deny it. Yeah, we're, we're racist. They're proud of it. They have, they have hate pride. How do people write this stuff and, and actually think 
I, I, I don't know. I can't even anymore. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> People believe this garbage. They must be using chat LGBT. <sighs> It's a new AI. Yeah, it's a new one. Just it's a out. new AIQ plus. No. Yeah. I forgot the plus. My yeah, bad. that's right. DeSantis, like his Republican peers, has no problem expressing his hatred of black people. <laughs> no problem. <sighs> Imagine just saying, just saying all the things. Now, here's the worst part. Everyone, one thing that we all have to be good at is looking up things, researching things for yourself checking to see if any of these things are true because if they were true then i agree with them that's mm. terrible this must be stopped for sure the problem is whoever wrote this is just lying yeah they're just lying that's it mm -hmm. the governor has done everything in his power to erase black history everything in his power <laughs> to erase black history there's black no history. black history you can't say gay in florida and there's no black history in florida totally in gone fact, all the black people <clears> are gone from florida you go down to Florida, you don't see any black people anymore. DeSantis in the Oval Office is downright dangerous for black folks. With DeSantis and Trump as front runners for the Republican nomination, things keep going from bad to worse. Mm, we're I'm living scared. in on the utter. We're living on the brink of hell, folks. Mm -hmm. All right, we're Never still been. on DeSantis because uh, clearly he's running for president, and this is what keeps the online like perpetual racism wheel spinning. Mm -hmm. is this kind of garbage because some people will read this and they'll actually think that it's legitimate that's what i was saying like it, yeah. if you accept they, what they're saying as truth then then you as a you person would be, outraged. would be worried about this you'd be like what the hell it'd be crazy Who's if you this guy worried? running for president this guy's openly <clears throat> racist against black people and we're letting him run for president that's nuts that's crazy super dangerous but <laughs> that whole fact check thing Oh. Fact check false. Uh, continuing on with uh, people pouring on DeSantis because if it's not for if it's not Trump, then clearly DeSantis is the front runner. If something happens to Trump, it's whoever the Republican nominee will be. I think even <laughs> if Bernie Sanders decided to be run as a Republican, <laughs> he somehow you think would get, they go against them. He would be <clears throat> looped in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Socialism is rooted in white supremacy. <laughs> Actually, that one might be true. In the NAACP. You could have like the Gerber baby running for president. In double ACP issues travel advisory alleging Florida is hostile to African Americans. So we've already talked about the story, but it has to be in dumb bleep. This is all included in dumb bleep number four about Ron DeSantis. The National NAACP Board of Directors has issued a formal advisory against traveling to Florida. Uh, the board voted unanimously to issue the travel advisory, saying the decision comes in direct response to Governor DeSantis's aggressive attempts to erase black history, aggressively erasing things with his black history eraser, and to restrict <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in Florida schools. He's got one of those, yeah, black history erasers. Yeah. Beware traveling to Florida because for the last few months, they've been restricting diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in Florida schools. Makes it a very dangerous place. Yep to go for sure uh florida quote florida is openly hostile toward african-americans you just walk through there people throwing rocks at you yelling words that we can't say in public anymore i mean you see it every single day down there in florida that and the alligators the most racist alligators 
that you will ever find. Didn't you just fly through Florida on your way down to the Dominican Republic? I did. What happened while you were there? Well, they greeted me kindly. They said, thank Heavenly Father, you're white, sir. Were there any black people on the plane? Not anymore. (laughs) No, they were too scared. Any black people on the plane? It's ridiculous. They read, they had the advanced report from the NAACP. And the idea that, like, they're erasing black history. Like, you're going to, what's that mean? You're going to go across the border and they're going to plug your mind into this mind sweep and just erase all of the black history from your mind. You'll know nothing about it at all. (laughs) Magoo said there's a trail of queers accessing (laughs) out of Florida right now. Oh, is somebody part in the swamp? (laughs) A trail of queers. That's good. Still included. That's really good. We're still on number four right now. Is this going to be like a trail that we could visit later on? Sure. Yeah. Ride our bikes down the path or something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, kids, here's where the trail of queers was. They were forced out. They were forced out of Florida (laughs) by the don't say gay governor. Okay, Hillary Clinton. I don't even feel like you could write like a fantasy novel that includes some of these things. It would be too ridiculous. It would just be a comedy afterwards. It would be too unbelievable. All right, we're still on number four. Fantasy novel. We're still on number four talking about Ron DeSantis. All right, Hillary Clinton tweets, Ron DeSantis' ultra MAGA. Florida isn't safe for people of color, LGBTQ plus people, or even multi-billion dollar corporations. It's not safe for anyone. Uh, Civil rights group warns tourists about traveling to Florida and Disney pulls plug on $1 billion development in Florida. A new new office complex that would have created more than 2,000 jobs was scuttled as the company and Governor Ron DeSantis continue to feud. Okay, uh, that's all number four. DeSantis. DeSantis is worse than Trump. That's what I'm picking up. Dumb bleep number seven. This article from The Truth Out. We knew this was going to happen, too. Anti-trans panic is rooted in white supremacist ideology. I'm going to read this one. You're going to read the other white supremacist ideology thing. Same thing, folks. Anti-trans white supremacy. Okay? In March 2022, the Idaho, Idaho House of Representatives like legislatures in 13 other states, voted to criminalize providing gender-affirming medical care to transgender youth. Mutilation of of children. Yes. They criminalized mutilating young children. And when asked about the bill's threat to the lives of trans youth, Republican state rep Julianne Young replied, quote, I see this conversation as an extension of the pro-life argument. We're not talking about the life of the child, but we are talking about the potential to give life to another generation. On, on the one hand, ending the quote now, we're back in the article at the moment. On the one hand, we want to emphasize that Young's assertion, suggesting that trans people never have or raise children, is false. Not only do trans people have and raise children, they often do so biologically, using their own gametes. On the other hand... This is the, where the men gives yeah, trans the men gives birth. Trans men still have children. Okay? <sighs> On the other hand, it is important not to reproduce the implicit logic of Young's statement that adoption, fostering, extended family, and kinship networks are somehow less important. By reducing the definition of family and care to biological reproduction, Young is participating in the increasingly common Great Replacement Discourse, a rhetorical framework grounded in the belief that society is structured first and foremost as a set of competing groups jostling for biological superiority. So whose group matters to Young? Now, this is where it's white supremacist. 
Using the basic demographics of her state of Idaho, it's clear that she is concerned with white trans youth. Mm. That's what she was saying, because the demographics of the state would be mostly white, then her concern for children being mutilated and maybe not being able to have children means that she is concerned that there will be less white children being had because of the mutilation of these kids. Therefore, this is all rooted in a white supremacist ideology. Mm -hmm. Therefore, being anti-trans is racist. That I can see... Did you follow that? Yeah. I would put an equal sign there. We need that uh, gif of Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Actually, that's what, we, that's what we need right now. That's essentially what's happening. That popped up. There it is. There's the gif. That's how you line all those things up. There's another thing that is rooted in white supremacist ideology, Charlie. waking up early. Waking up early is rooted in white supremacy. Of course. The notion of waking up early and starting your day with the rising sun is often associated with productivity, success, and a strong work ethic. However, this seemingly innocuous concept is not without its historical and cultural implications. In this article, mm-hmm. we explore the origins of the early rising narrative and how it is rooted in white supremacy, contributing to the perpetuation of racial inequalities. <laughs> Never mind. That for thousands or millions of years before we even had clocks, <laughs> mm-hmm. that all animals rose with the sun. True, true. Unless they were nocturnal. And then, then they pe- went to bed with the sun and they woke up with the moon. Let's assume that we're not talking about nocturnal animals right now. Yeah, just yeah. regular everyday animals. Yeah. Yeah. They would typically rise with the sun and they would go to bed with the sun. Because that's how you would stay alive. You yeah. would wake up and you would spend your day trying to find ways to stay alive. The idea that waking up early leads to success and disciplined life can be tracked back to various historical and religious contexts. In the Western world, this belief has been strongly influenced by uh, Protestant, Protestantism. It's a weird word. And the Puritan work ethic, which emphasized hard work, diligence, and self-discipline as virtues. What a shame! <laughs> That's that, <laughs> Clearly racist. Imagine you that. had a child and you're like, look, I don't want you to work hard. Mm-mm have no diligence whatsoever, and self-discipline. No. Do whatever you want, no, That's kid. something the racists have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This work ethic has long been considered an essential component of the American dream and the idea that success can be achieved through dedication and effort. Guess what? It can. It, it can. can. And not just from white people. Black people do this, Asian people do this, Mexican people do this, Cuban they, people do basically this. Basically all the people. The, yes. People do this. People do this. They Except come, for the nocturnal ones. For the longest period of time, America was the land of opportunity. People would come here, work hard, and create an amazing life for themselves to get away from war-torn countries, dictatorships, slave, whatever the case may be. <sighs> all right. Now, I want you to remember that the title of the article is Why Waking Up Early is Rooted in White Supremacy. They then go on to explain in a section called The Origins of Early Rising Ideology, or Waking Up Early, and they talk about how it is rooted in Protestantism and the Puritan work ethic. And then they go on to try and tie it to white supremacy afterwards. Mm -hmm. But they literally, in an article saying it's rooted in white supremacy, say that it's not rooted in white supremacy. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but I'll start with the intersection of early rising and white supremacy. 
The early rising ideology is not inherently racist. Wait, however, it's rooted in white supremacy. It's not. They just not, said that. Well, however, which is but, its connections to white supremacy can be seen when examining the broader historical and social contexts. During the era of European colonialism and the Atlantic slave trade, the concept of hard work and productivity became intertwined with race. Skipping down here to the impact of early rising narrative on racial inequality. Um, there, there is one important part in there. You didn't highlight um, it. So because I, I've... I went yeah, down to the highlights. Those are just section. for emphasis, but I cut out all the non-important yeah. stuff already. They tie this to white supremacy because slaves were expected to get up early and work hard. Mm. Therefore, it's rooted in white supremacy, gotcha. even though they originally draw its roots back to this Puritan work ethic before that. But because slaveholders expected slaves to get up with the sun and work hard, this is actually part of white supremacy. The idea that waking up early is a sign of superior work ethic and a key to success serves to reinforce racial inequalities in several ways. For one, it places the blame for economic disparities on the individual rather than acknowledging the systemic barriers that hinder the success of marginalized communities. Of course, it's never your fault, folks. Mm -hmm. I just want to reiterate this over and over and over and over again. By promoting the notion that anyone can achieve success if they simply work hard and wake up early, it ignores the structural racism that has created and maintained these inequalities. Yep. The, what Don't try. What they're trying to say to minority communities is that you'll never be good enough. Mm -hmm. You should give up your hope right now. There's no reason for you to work hard. Don't try waking up early. By the way, I don't think waking up early is necessarily tied to success. I think a lot of people say that because it, it does offer a sense of discipline. Because like most of the life. super successful people wake up really early? Not, not all of them. Like, you know, Jeff Bezos, I think, wakes up at eight, doesn't go in the office till nine or 10. Now? Sure. Well, but I think there's a lot of people. That it just depends. Warren Buffett said he's, he gets up at like 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. He, but there are a lot of people who wake up early. It. It does. It shows a sense of discipline. That's what it is. It's like, hey, I'm going to get an early start to the day. I need my quiet time in the morning, so I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to take care of these things I need to take care of while everyone else is asleep, and I'm going to get a good start to my day. So and that typically leads to a, a good amount of productivity. Personally, I like my early start days. I get to sit there and, like you said, think about the day. I get an early start on everything. I get to think about uh, white supremacy the whole time, yeah. you know, and plan out how I'm going to enact all my white supremacist goals the mm -hmm. entire time. But what you're saying, where they say that this uh, is not acknowledging systemic barriers, and we've got this crazy idea that we're promoting, the notion that anyone can achieve success if they simply work hard, well, that's ignoring the problem. And here's, well, like you were saying, just here, here's the message, minorities. Don't worry about working hard or getting ahead. You know who you should rely on? You should just... Rely on us white people to take care of you. Daddy because Sam. Because you clearly can't do it on your own. Yeah. So you're, you're not capable. There's nothing you can do about it. You can only rely on the hardworking white people and why to that, take care of you and your family. How is that a message that resonates with anyone? Because it takes away the personal responsibility and the majority of people, uh, a lot of people, you know, like that. When someone tells me I can't do something... That like lights a fire under me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, watch me. You know, if you say yeah. I can't, I can't be successful. Okay, I'm 
you're welcome to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Like, I don't, I can't understand that mentality. It's like, hey man, you know, everything's against you. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'd just be like, oh yeah, well, might as well give up. Yeah, yeah if there's we, nothing I could do. Uh, there's nothing, I don't have any power, you know? I don't have control over my own life. It's dictated by everything and everyone. The system and everything is against me. And look, I'm not saying there aren't barriers. There's, we talk about barriers all the time from government, not just, from black, not just for black people but, or other minorities, but for white people, for all kinds of people. It's difficult to start, well, not difficult to start a business, but it's difficult to comply with all the rules and regulations. And the IRS is breathing down your neck and you got to pay state taxes and federal taxes and you got to keep up with the books. And there's all like, it's not as easy as like, oh, I'm just going to start a business. And then- Obviously, they they play favorites with different rules and regulations, and you, they give the money to their to their buddies. And like, there's a lot of things that are unfair. But wh- why would you let that stop you? Why don't you be like, oh, it's not worth it? Yeah, just give you know? up. I'm not going to do anything. If that's the case, why are you living? Why are you here still? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, what's the point? Let's the add point on is to you this. have to the, the the reason why we say this podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning is because, like, you know, happiness isn't always going to be there. <sighs> Look at me. Um, wealth isn't always going to be there. Um, a lot of things in life are fleeting, right? And if you don't, if you're not grounded in something meaningful, which, by the way, for a lot of people, as Bailey said earlier, I agree with this. You need uh, you need some Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. At least that's a grounding effect, right? Um, without something that that you're pursuing that's meaningful, all of these other things will get in the way, and you will start to believe those things. You will start to believe like I don't, I don't have any meaning. I don't have a purpose. Everything's against me. Life is unfair. I should give up. And a lot of people that reach that that place, that's what they start thinking, and then you know. At, in a way, they're not wrong because at the end, we all die anyway. That's true. It Everything is, true. is pointless. But your responsibility is to make this world as to make this world a better place than when you came into it. And that's like Jordan Peterson said: everything you do matters. Mm-hmm. That's the meaning of life. Everything you do matters because it doesn't just affect you. Like your decisions, your the way you pursue life, the meaning that you pursue. Every decision that you make has an effect on the reality that people experience. And like, do you want this place to be a better, a better place for your kids or not? And what are you doing about that? What are you doing about that? Stop waiting on other people. Something that you can do. I'm talking to myself as much as I am anybody else right now. <laughs> We're saving that's the world. The, one that's one the podcast truth. episode at a time right that's now. That's the truth. Charlie, everything that you just said, the problem is that you just don't understand. Okay? Probably. You know who does understand how hard it is for Joy black Behar. people? Joy Behar. Yeah, she does. She understands, okay? She grew up a poor black child. You know who doesn't understand are the two successful black guys that she's talking about, and she just wants to let them know that they don't understand what it's like for black people. She does. This so can't be real. Listen to her. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps, rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it, neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. 
That's why they're Republican. He's talking about, uh, she's talking about Tim Scott uh, in that clip, by the way, who's running for president, which we, I don't even think we talked about this week uh, because he's black, clearly. So, I like what Clay Travis had to say there. Oh, I didn't read it. Yeah. Noted expert on black men, <laughs> Joy Behar, <laughs> says Tim Scott and Clarence Thomas, two actual black men, don't know what it's like to be black in America. And that's why they're Republicans. <laughs> I know more about your struggle than you do. Imagine being so full of yourself and your own knowledge and your own expertise on the world that you'd be able to say things like this as a rich white lady who's famous for saying the dumbest things that people can say. You know? God. And they, and they project this like, in, and they're, they're inclusive and tolerant and they advocate and they're noble and all of these things when really... I mean, they don't even just listen to regular people say, hey, here's my experience. They're like, no, 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 no. You got your experience wrong, obviously. You've been lied to. Well, let's go on to number eight. That was all number seven, talking about white supremacy. Charlie's talking about inclusivity, and that's good because we're going to talk about DEI right quick, a story that happened earlier in the week or over the weekend. I can't remember which one it was. The Uber, this is number eight, Uber diversity executive placed on leave after a controversial event on Karen persona you know when you say someone's a karen mm. uber now the the thing is calling people a karen there are people who get offended by this there's even people named karen that i bet feel a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. all right and some this person poor poor person thought that they were going to try and do an understanding event very controversial when you try to understand how people feel especially if they're white Mm. You don't want to do that. Uber's diversity, equity, and inclusion executive Bo Young Lee has been placed on leave after hosting a controversial event. The Don't Call Me Karen event aimed to explore the spectrum of the American white woman's experience. Programming for the event also featured white women speakers discussing the Karen persona. Consequently, employees raised concerns about the event's framing of the term Karen and its potential to downplay the harmful effects of racism. The term Karen has become synonymous with white women who engage in racist acts, particularly in public. I put it in parentheses, has it? Mm, I think there's been a few of those incidents, but I think it's mainly like the person who's always going to get the manager. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. I guess there are some people who you look at it as a racist Karen. fries in my medium fry instead of 48. And I don't mm -hmm. want to speak to the manager. It's the lady who runs your HOA and is mad because you painted your door the wrong color. Yeah. It's that kind of person. You know, that's who I think of as a Karen. But I guess for some people, it has to be a racist white woman. Well, I think it's that, that New York dog walking incident. Well, they call her a Karen. Mm -hmm. But... The term, I mean... She called the cops on that guy, yeah. remember? I know, I know. There's been more. I, did, I didn't know that that was a purely racist thing. At discussions surrounding diversity and inclusion evolve, it remains crucial for organizations. Now, I highlighted evolve because what that means is as they change the rules to the game with their own subjective notion <laughs> of reality, they call that the conversation evolving. Mm. It's when they change the rules to society and then cancel you if you don't follow whatever new rules they set. It remains crucial for organizations to approach such matters and the, with sensitivity and, and thoughtfulness. And the goalposts keep moving. <clears throat> yes. Just like minimum wage and everything else. It's like, the, 
we could do everything you wanted, but that wouldn't be enough because the goalpost just moved. The the kick is now further. The uh, let's we're going to move along here because if you can't, if you're listening on the podcast app, you probably don't know this, but we've been at this episode for two hours right now, and yep. I think the li- the the Fed Haters Club bunch of troopers out there they really hate Feds. All right, <laughs> that's right. They've been hanging out with us. This whole time. So we appreciate that. Remember we used to do like two to three hour episodes. We used to do some long episodes. Back in the day. Not any, not anymore. But today, luckily, we had nothing else to do today. So it's okay. I wasn't being, I wasn't being sarcastic there. I'm yeah. saying there's nothing else scheduled. There's something bad going on in North Carolina, though. I think we need to get FEMA in there. Mm. State of emergency. Charlie, what's that about? Let's see here. I have, I'm skipping North around. Carolina governor declares a state of emergency due to the Republicans' school voucher expansion. Mm. Democratic Governor Roy Cooper declared Monday that public education in North Carolina is facing a state of emergency in the face of extreme legislation being promoted by Republican state lawmakers. In a video posted online Monday, Cooper said GOP lawmakers are starving public schools and dropping an atomic bomb on public education with plans to further cut taxes and increase funding for private school vouchers. He said the public needs to speak out against the changes before they're adopted in the state budget. Quote, it's clear that Republican legislator is aiming to choke the life out of public education. I am declaring this state of emergency because you need to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem with state of emergency powers. It's an emergency when people... Ben and Jerry's is out of chocolate ice cream. <laughs> this is an emergency. This is an emergency. <laughs> if you care about public schools in North Carolina, it's time to take immediate action and tell them to stop the damage that will set back our schools for a generation, a whole generation. And that's what they're trying to do, too, hmm. by, by allowing kids to go to a different school and use a voucher program. This does sound like an emergency. It's an emergency when people disagree with what you want what are they so afraid of that's my thing what are you so afraid of i don't know the fact that these other schools are going to be better uh, the thing is even and the union's not going to give you as much money next time even the public and even the people in north carolina agree with the voucher for like 70 percent of them agree with this and he's out here probably on behalf of the teachers unions and stuff like that saying that there's a state of emergency because they're going to expand school vouchers and destroy the schools. It's all so fake. It's entirely mm-hmm. fake. He's out there doing this for the unions. That's why he's out there. The idea that, well, the public disagrees with me, the Republicans disagree with me, there's actually legislation going in the direction that I don't want. Let's declare an emergency. That seems kind of authoritarian to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like something an authoritarian would do. No. Now, the problem is they've got like a super majority in North Carolina. He's got like no power. They can just override his veto. Okay, so when they want to do something, they're going to do it. And that's why he's out there whining. We got to do something. We're speeding along through these last things. And let's just make fun of another weird, random, woke, anti-racist thing right quick. In Seattle, the firefighters now drilled on Ibram Kendi before promotion to top jobs, like being a lieutenant Mm. and a firefighter. Man, I'll tell you what, I know some good firefighters out there. The best ones I know have read all of the proper anti-racist books. (laughs) That's why they're so good at putting out fires. Especially racist fires. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go through some of the stuff, here's the exam. 
they give you what you're going to need to study so you can take this test, okay? And they give you the books that you need to study. And of course, there's some in there about fighting fires. That's weird. And then there's, it's kind of funny, some of those books, they'll give you like a certain section you need to read, but then we get to A Leader's Guide to Unconscious Bias, How to Reframe Bias, Cultivate Connection, and Create High-Performing Teams. You got to read that whole book if you're going to be a firefighter. We know that. At least a lieutenant. If you're going to be pr promoted, mm -hmm. okay, then you need to do that. Now, Art of Reading Build, you need to know stuff about buildings, all right? Both Sides of the Fire Line, the memoir of a transgender firefighter. It's not a real memoir. <laughs> it's you gotta, a novel. You got to read. I like it. Okay, look at this. Art of Reading Buildings, chapters 2 through 10. Memoirs of a transgender firefighter. Read the whole thing. All of it. Got to read the whole thing. Okay. Uh, crucial conversations. Tools for talking when stakes are high. Okay. Probably important. You're in a high stress situation. Emergency care and transportation of the sick and injured. Just read chapter three. <laughs> that's, where the, <laughs> that's where the real stuff is that you need. Okay. Yeah. Emergency response. Um, here's the pages that you need to read. Four through nine. 289 to 295, 344, 353, 354 to 372. Um, just exclude the table on 367. Seem to do that. Okay. How to be an anti-racist, you got to read that entire book. Mm -hmm. All right, very important book. The Memoir of the Transgender yeah. uh, Firefighter, which I think is, what does that mean? Someone who isn't really a firefighter? <laughs> uh, local 27 union contract? Skip articles 1 through 4. You just need <laughs> 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Skip 11, yeah. 12, 13, 14, 15, and 22. That, the rest of it has nothing to do with, you know, the union contract you, you're signing. This whole uh, DEI a lot of, thing. Now, a lot of firefighters are also um, emergency um, EMTs. Now, my, my brother's in the group. Now, he's probably busy. He's probably on a tractor or something like that right now. Happens to be fire chief. Okay, congrats to my brother. Now, do, did you guys have to read the entire How to Be an Anti-Racist book, or was it just portions of it? That's the real thing that we need to discuss yeah. right now. Uh, he's probably too busy to... To, uh, to talk and let us know, but I'm guessing they had to read the entire book. If, uh, <laughs> if I'm right about it. He's typing. He's typing, yeah, okay. A, we'll see. Answer, he said, oddly, I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Well, you know, look. In well, these, there are so many. In these small towns, when you call the fire department, the first question is, this, you know, is this a black house? Or, <laughs> well, you is, gotta, this, <laughs> is this an LGBTQ plus friendly house? You've got to have your unconscious bias training as a firefighter, too. Okay, because God. there are different ways of fighting fire. There's more than one ways to fight a fire. And you don't want to change the ways dependent on whether wasn't, or not there's white stuff or black stuff in there. Wasn't life hard enough <laughs> before all this? Like, didn't people struggle enough before we decided to introduce all of this? I like, think what? that's the thing, Charlie. We've made it to the point where we just have to keep trying to drill down and solve problems that we've started to create imaginary problems. 
And that's right. what we've made it as a society. Nate's going to run through these one through 10. Number one was Gavin Newsom talking about the CEO of Target. And also, it's going to be Senator Michaela saying, what did she say? What did she say over and over again? We love trans people. Trans people belong here. Yeah. We love trans people. We love trans people. All right. That was number one. Number two, President Biden talking about how George Biden. Floyd, Biden talking about how George Floyd unified people of every race and a generation in peace. Pieces. Pieces. Mostly peace. Number three, Ilhan Omar. Actually, there's a few people here, but bad economics for sure. Here is the wealth transfer, Charlie. It's when you let people keep their own money. Yeah, it's when, yeah, especially that transfer. Especially that almost $13 million you get to keep when you die. It's always been about wealth wealth transfer, taking away food and health care from the poor and middle class to give money to rich people. Mm. You give it to them by not taking it from them and giving it to the other people. But in her mind, that's the wealth transfer. That makes total sense. And if we can afford to spend all of these things, I have one thing I want to say about this. We're still number three. She says, if we can afford $858 billion in Pentagon spending, then we can afford to make sure kids don't go hungry or die from lack of health care. We need to start doing this with everything. For instance, I tweeted, if we can afford $113 billion to Ukraine, then we can afford to cut taxes by $113 billion. We're going to have to start using some of their their tactics. All right. Continuing in number three, Robert Reich also talking about how the tax code is written in favor of the wealthiest at the expense of the rest of the American people. Their expense is when they don't get to take other people's money and use it. That costs them money. Of course, number four, we have all the Ron DeSantis stuff, the David Duke mention from Vanity Fair. We've got should black people be afraid now that Ron DeSantis plans to announce his presidential bid. We've got the NAACP issuing a formal advisory against traveling. We've got Hillary, Hillary Clinton talking about the ultra MAGA Florida. Isn't that a win for DeSantis since he's going to be running against Trump? I mean, this, that makes him like ultra Trump, right? I guess so. Huh. Number five, the average average American voter wants a $26 per hour minimum wage. That's number five. Number six, we talk about guns, like mentally ill people, should they have them? And also the story about the child and the stick, and taking away Mm. the stick from the child, that was great. And also the Uvalde police, we found the problem. It's that the shooter had an AR-15. Charlie, that's number not six. the 400 law enforcement officers that didn't do anything. No, that's not it. It's that the shooter had an AR-15. Number seven, anti-trans. That's racist. That's rooted in white supremacist ideology. And also included in white supremacist ideology, waking up early mm-hmm. to get stuff done. That's that's racist, of course. Uh, and, and then added in with this, we had Joy Behar talking about how Tim Scott and Clarence Thomas don't know what it's like to be black in America. They're Uncle Tom's, obviously. Mm-hmm. Number eight, we had the Uber DEI officer getting placed on leave because they tried to mention that sometimes white people are being unfairly called names. Mm. Out. Get out of here. That's not the kind of diversity, equity, inclusion that we're <laughs> talking about. Okay. Number nine, the North Carolina governor declaring a state of emergency because of the GOP's school voucher expansion. Mm -hmm. This is an emergency. Number 10, 
We've got the firefighters that are needing to test. There's so many good dumb ones. On the principles and the how to be an anti-racist and the memoirs of a transgender firefighter. All right, y'all get your votes in. One through 10 for the live group. Those of you that aren't part of the Fed Haters Club, you might want to sign up so that you can vote. We do. Um, it, there's a poll tax. You got to pay mm-hmm. money every month to be part of the Fed Haters Club. Right now, it's only six bucks a month. That price is going up um, with inflation. So mm-hmm. you probably only have a little bit of time left to sign up. Uh, do that. That's one way that you can support the show. You can also support it in free ways. That's by sharing it with a friend and also leave us, leave us a rating and review. Go to godhatesfeds.com, pick up a t-shirt, uh, pick up a coffee mug, pick up something. It's another way you can spend your money to support the show. We've been selling shirts and so we appreciate people yeah. going to the merch store, buying things. They're wearing their God Hates Fed shirts. I'm surprised no one's reported to me that they've gotten in a fight or anything because I nah. think people at first think it says something else. Yep. You know, and um, I don't know what they think it might say, but hey, we need to get those votes in the vote channel, by the way. We need uh, for sure at least a tiebreaker or someone to pull a vote and put it towards something else. But go to the Dumb Leap of the Week voting channel and get your votes in and we're going to have to cast some tiebreaking votes. Um, I'm sorry. I know Costco, you put yourself in as number one and we appreciate that. We're not going to allow that to be the actual Dumb Bleep. That's okay, true. just not going to be. It's going to have to be one of these here topics out there <laughs> because right now Costco's winning. It looks the, like you're going to uh, need vote. to do a tiebreaker. We're going to have to do a tiebreaker unless someone else is going to. We don't. We we're missing votes right now. Someone needs to go in here and do it. The main problem is I don't even remember what they are anymore, and I wouldn't even vote for the ones that everyone else voted for. Okay, yeah, I would cast a vote. In fact, uh, in favor of don't. There we go. Seven, the anti-trans. And waking up early is white supremacist. Enjoy Behar. Don't forget about Enjoy that. Enjoy Behar, yeah. Knowing how black men's lives are <laughs> affected more than black men. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Makes total sense. So, all right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please have yourself a safe and uh, wonderful holiday weekend. Um, it's Memorial Day. It's a time to remember those who gave their all. And uh, we'll probably cover some of that on, I believe we'll be back Tuesday. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if Monday's going to work or not. So um, enjoy the time off. If you have the time off, if you don't, then uh, don't enjoy it because you don't have the time off. Just remember that freedom Just, isn't free. Freedom isn't free. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as we go after um, the, let's say the government uh, for doing wrong, it doesn't mean that the people that are in these positions who actually sign the dotted line willing to give up their life in pursuit of liberty and freedom that we don't, I guess, celebrates the wrong word. Um, I guess celebrate, appreciate, appreciate the sacrifices that people have made to create still the greatest country on earth with the most amount of freedom where people God help us can actually for the most part, Mm -hmm. Uh, pursue a, a life of abundance and that's what we want for everyone so remember that this weekend if you do crossfit you'll be doing murph i know that so good luck with that and uh, uh we'll be back tuesday so until then have a good weekend and a good morning liberty